When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another episode of Outside Shots with Eddie Johnson. He's right next to me at JumpShot8 on Twitter. You can follow me at Saul underscore Bookman on Twitter. I'm Saul Bookman. And uh, as always, we're brought to you by the good folks at OG. As always, we will talk about them a little bit later. But, you know, EJ, I woke up this morning and I was like, man, there's not a lot to talk about. I knew about the point guard stuff that we could do, but it just felt like there wasn't a lot. And then all of a sudden, you start scrolling, and you start scrolling, and then you find, like, this topic, that topic, and all that other stuff. I thought it would be a good opportunity since, uh, you know, I, I did injure my knee playing basketball last week, uh, that we only talk about guys that don't get injured warming up and working out, uh, and uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, as you can see them here uh, in this, uh, this little putting in some work in the gym, uh, a variety of different moves that they're practicing. Also, Jalen Green uh, it was working out with them, and that's why you see the credit going to Bias Houston because uh, they're the ones that, that put this video out there. But uh, you got number one, there's there's a lot of levels to this. First of all, I love that a young player like like Green is is working out with you know two vets like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. Um, I love the fact that basically all summer long, it feels like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant have been working out together. Um, getting to know each other a little bit more. Uh, you can never go wrong with that. And then, obviously, just the the selfish part, like they're just putting in that work, EJ. You got to, man. Like, this is it's your job. Uh, you have to put it in. Uh, it's no different than when I played. Uh, you're in the gym every day. Uh, you're trying to work on different things. You get better in the off season. Like, you know, doing the season is hard because practices are limited. Uh, you're focused from game to game. And so when you go into an off season, you look at your stats, you look at how the season ended, and then what you do is you go in the gym and you work on things. And you just, his repetition is, is perfect. If you're doing it repetitively, you're going to improve. And you got to do it what with game speed. And you watch this video – Everything is with game speed. You cannot just walk through it. You can't stand around and shoot jump shots. You have to be playing like you're playing in a game when you do your drills, and then you'll find yourself improving. I felt like I improved every year up until the time I retired, and I retired at almost 40 years old. And I feel like even though after that I would go in the gym and train my son, my ball handling even got better after I had retired. And so you always can improve in this game. And no matter how great Kevin Durant is, no matter how great Devin Booker is, no matter what the future is to Jalen Green, he's going to be special. Uh, in order to continue to be at that level, you got to get in the gym, you got to practice, and you got to work out at game speed. If it's not game speed, it's a waste of damn time. Uh, <laughs> that's just how you do it. Now, you know, uh, watching these highlights uh, and watching these guys 
go through these drills and stuff. Um, were you the type of guy that just love loved doing this kind of stuff, like practice and, and well, maybe not practice, but like you know, just working on drills and working on your craft and working on the things that you wanted to do? Like, did you get like for me? It was kind of like an endorphin rush, like to to do drills. I loved doing drills when I was in high mm -hmm. school and college. Um, how did you feel about like? Just, I mean, it's putting in work, obviously, to improve your craft, but not everybody loves doing that. I quite honestly gave up everything in my life for basketball. Uh, I never saw daylight my four years in high school. I was in the gym at 7 in the morning, which meant it was dark when I got up. And after after school, we would practice, and I'd be home by six thirty seven. How, how, long, how long did it take you to go from, from, from your house to the gym? About forty five minutes on to, the train. To school, yeah, I yeah. had to get up and yeah, and then below twenty below zero Ooh. weather and yeah. and navigate uh, to the to the gym, and I did that for four years. My high school coach told me, he said, "Look, you're not going to see daylight." There's two things why he did it. One, obviously, to improve our game. Two, to keep us out of harm's way. Yeah. Growing up in the inner city of Chicago. And so I never went to any dances. I went to one dance in high school. I had no life other than basketball and my studies. Uh, and that was it. And I was okay with it. Yeah. I truly was. I stayed out of harm's way. Uh, I think what happened in my neighborhood, the gangbangers noticed that I was serious about what I wanted to do. So they went from probably bothering me to protecting me and appreciating me and cheering for me. And that's what I did, man. In the summertime, I was on the I was on the court across the street from my house, from soon as sun sun up mm -hmm. to sundown. Yeah, that's all I did. And then when I got to understand basketball more, I learned how to train myself. I didn't go around and get these newfangled trainers. Uh, I got people that can keep me in shape, run me, uh, take me through exercises. But I knew exactly what I needed to do in order as a basketball player to get better. And I did it pretty much on my own. I never had a personal trainer mm -hmm. at all throughout my entire career. I just watched video, I watched games, I stole from guys, I took from guys. I went to Pete Newell's basketball camp. That is the only time I went to some place where I said, okay, I need a little help on something because Purvis Short and Kiki Vandeway was kicking my butt. And I went there and Kiki and Purvis was there in the camp, they took me aside, and they just taught me their moves and different things. And it went from nine points a game to 20 points a game in one year. To me, that's what you do. And Devin, we've seen Devin yeah. since he's been a 19-year-old. This guy's worked, 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 worked. And now, you know, he's on the cover of 2K. I mean, he's, 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 he's very well known. He's, to me, he's the best two guard in the league. Mm -hmm. And that's all through hard work. And so now Kevin Durant right there with a mirror image of him. And then Bradley Beal's going to be there. Tremendous, man. That's how you get better. You know, when when young guys, you know, because, you know, again, Jalen Green was in that clip uh, from the Rockets, um, put in some work as well. And uh, he's a second year, I, I believe, second or third year in the NBA. This would be his third. Uh, this would be his third. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when, when young guys came up to you, um, whether it be practice or off season or whatever, like, did you ever feel like you wanted to withhold information or were you happy to share it? No, always share it. Uh, always. Like I said, between the lines, it's 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 personal. Like, I want to destroy you. Mm -hmm. I, I literally want to destroy you. I want to take your heart. Outside the lines, I'm open for anything. That's just the way I've always approached it. Mm -hmm. uh, and no, if somebody needed advice, I would give it. Why? Because I used to ask for advice. I remember games in my rookie year, 
I asked Michael Brooks, who played for LaSalle. You know, he's an ex-NBA player. A lot of people don't know who he is. But this dude used to run all day. Run every time. And I'm chasing him, chasing him, chasing him. And I know he's not going to get the ball. And I asked him one time in the fourth quarter. I said, man, why are you always running? He said, because I figured you'd be tired by the fourth quarter, and that's when I'll do damage. And I was like, hmm. And I incorporated that. I'd ask Dr. J questions, you know, and he'd, he'd look at me and say, young fella, you're going to be fine. You know, just be patient. I mean, this is doing a game, doing a game. Mm-hmm. George Gervin would give me advice, doing a game. Like if I asked a question, they didn't have to answer it, you know, because I wouldn't, I wasn't into answering questions during the game, but they would. Mm-hmm. I, and I remember that like Moses Malone took me aside one time after the season and gave me some advice on offensive rebounding. You know, if you look at my stats, I was always, with regards to small forwards, always like up at the top or wherever in regards to offensive rebounding. I wasn't a big dude, Mm -hmm. but I got some stuff from him. So, no, man, it's it's a fraternity. It really is. And evidenced by Jalen Green working out with with Devin and uh, KD. And if you remember, during the course of the year, Jalen Green and, and Devin used to go at it. Yeah. So, you know, even verbally. And so, you know, that's the way it is, man. You want to help people. You know, if they if they want to seek help from you and get better, then you have to give back, man, because the game gave so much to me and players that were before me uh, would give me advice. Bob Love was a mentor of mine when I was in high school. You know, so it's like Mickey Johnson who played in the league. I mean, he took me aside. Sonny Parker. These are all ex-NBA players. Man, I can just go on down the line. Dan Roundfield, John Drew. These are guys most people probably won't know, but they were tremendous basketball players. They all gave me advice. I remember one time I was standing in uh, Dan Roundfield, who was a big dude, right? And I was a big guy when I came to the NBA, believe it or not. And uh, and so, you know, you might not believe it, but I was. And I remember Dan Roundfield gave me the best compliment physically I could ever get. He said, damn, your forearms are big, man, and your and your calves. I turned around, I was like, man, thanks, man. You know why? <laughs> because I was putting that work in in the weight room. You know, and, and when I first started playing in college, I went to the University of Illinois, Lou Henson called me, pretty much called me weak, you know, because mm-hmm. I was always being knocked down, but I got stronger and I was knocking people down. And I took that to heart. Like I never wanted anybody to ever say to me that I didn't have a good body. Mm-hmm. That's why I never was out of weight, out of shape. I never got overweight. I always stayed in the in the in the, in the uh, weight room because I was into that because I love those compliments from people. So no man, I mean what KD is doing consistently, he's always working out. People, he's working out with Chet Holmgren. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I mean, he's giving back to the game, man, and and I really appreciate that. Uh, hello, asked asked a question. He said, "What's the best advice you've ever gotten?" Man. Duh. It's a lot of them, but one of the best quotes I ever got is I was playing about my third or fourth year in the league, and Clyde Drexler and I used to go at it. And I remember I had held out because I hadn't signed. I was a free agent, so I missed training camp. And when I showed back up after I signed, uh, I had to play an exhibition game like the next day, and I was out there just, just dying. I was just tired. I think they did it on purpose. I remember standing next to Clyde Drexler. I'm like, man, geez, I'm, man, I'm tired. He said, Eddie, it's just basketball. 
That's it, Daddy. Just play. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it might seem simple to people, <laughs> but sometimes it's like the simplest stuff hits home. Yeah, yeah. And I took that approach, man. I was like, no matter what, no matter what somebody says about me, no matter how much I struggle, no matter anything, it's just basketball. And meaning that you go out and do your job, you go out and you play. Yeah. And you have fun. And be fortunate and blessed that you're able to play at this level. And to me, I tell kids that all the time. I was like, they complain about stuff. I said, it's just basketball, man. Yeah. Just go play. Like, it's simple yeah. if you put work into it. And, and to me, man, I never told Clyde that, but maybe he's watching the podcast now. You didn't tell him that when you guys were playing together? No, I said thank you. Yeah. But I never really like expressed, yeah. you know, like I just did of, right now. Was that kind of a full circle moment when he, when he, when you, uh, when you joined the Rockets and he was on that team? Yeah, but we knew each other. We had battled each other so much yeah. uh, over the course of the years. So it was still it was to easy. play with each other and be around. It was each an other easy transit. Yeah, it yeah, it, yeah. It was fun. It, it, was, I mean, it was just fun playing with he, Akeem, and Charles on the same team. I yeah. mean, can you imagine? I mean, I'm in the locker room with the three all time greats, three Hall of Famers, three of the top three players in the history of the game. Mm -hmm. And I'm like traveling with them, hanging out with them. That was that was a kick. And I had played with some tremendous players. Don't get me wrong, but playing with those three at the end of my career that was that was sweet. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, listen, man. We uh, obviously there's other things that are that are pretty sweet about life. Uh, Steph Curry is a pretty sweet basketball player. Magic Johnson was pretty dope back in the day. And obviously this week on the No Gill podcast, Steph Curry came out and said that he was the best point guard of all time. And to which there was a lot of debate across uh, social media and obviously whatever other shows you watch besides this one. Um, and uh, there's also a nice little compliment uh, by one Stephen Smith. This is not a debate. I'm just going to educate the viewers out there just like Doggy just did. And I'm going to attribute it. I'm going to this. I'm going to pay tribute to you, the historian that you are, to your colleague at uh, Mad Dog Radio, Eddie Johnson, who was filling in the morning. Good shift. guy. He's very, very good, good guy. Excellent. Terrific NBA player throughout. I mean, he was giving lessons this morning on this very topic. Oh, he was. Good lessons. job, Steve. I didn't because see that. Because he was, a, yeah, yeah. He, he brought you up, too. He didn't name you by name, but everybody knew who he was talking about, right? <laughs> and he was talking about you, and he was like, he said, because he knows his history. And Magic Johnson, he said, is not even close. Magic Johnson's the greatest point guard in NBA history. Y'all don't know what y'all talk about, blah, 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 blah. And he was educating folks and uttered the word facilitator. And I'll get to that in a second. But before I do... I have to read you a text that I received this morning at 5.54 a.m. Good morning, sir. Although greatest of anything is always a debate, I beg to differ on greatest point guard of all time with what you said. Magic Johnson is easily the best point guard of all time. Steph Curry is very close but not in front of Magic. You must define point guard to really have a serious debate. Steph Curry is by far the best shooter of all time. Yes, his movement has created many shots for his teammates. He's a career 43% three-point shooter. But Magic Johnson invented the triple-double. Not true invented, but makes it more noticeable in terms of the impact on the game. It's a point guard stat, to be honest. Magic was the best. We can go on, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you get the point. By the way, Magic has five NBA championships. Wow. That quote this morning at 545. So, uh, I, I, listen, 
uh, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, and I know you're a huge Magic Johnson guy. You have said that Magic Johnson is the best player to ever play this game. Uh, this is what I will say about this. I'm a huge, huge Steph Curry fan. I love his game. I've loved him ever since he was at Davidson. Um, and I think that he is the best shooter of all time. But, but the minute he said that he was the best point guard, I had a lot of hesitation because I don't really view Steph Curry as a quote unquote point guard, not by the traditional sense. I think that the way he went about the the game is different than most traditional point guards. He's not like a Steve Nash. He's not like a John Stockton. He's not like a Magic Johnson. Uh, he's not like a Nate Archibald. He's not like a lot of great players um, that have played that position. Has he transformed the game? A million percent. He has transformed the game. When you walk into gyms nowadays, you see kids trying to pull up from just over half court. Why? Because they see Steph Curry doing it and they think they can do it too. Um, Magic Johnson, to me, will will forever be the greatest point guard of all time because he affected the game in so many different ways. Mainly the fact that he didn't even need to score to be the best player on the court. And that is such a hard thing to do when you were conditioned to think scoring is the primary objective um, and Magic Johnson just didn't see things that way. He was able to elevate everybody else to another level because of his uh, because of his abilities. Uh, it's the same reason why we adore Steve Nash is because that team that he was playing on would not have been as effective if if he wasn't on that team. And we saw that when he wasn't in games. We saw mm -hmm. that after he left. Like it's just a different different game. And so um, I will always say that Magic Johnson is the best point guard of all time. What say you? Yeah, no, it was a great breakdown. Uh, the here's the here's the the worst thing the NBA I think has done, and and this is going to positionless basketball. Like in any entity in this in this world, it's always hierarchy and it's and it's positions. That's what makes teams work. Yeah, and I just when I grew up. I grew up saying, man, I wanted to be a, first I wanted to be a point guard. So I'm watching point guard. Oh, now I want to be a two guard. As I'm growing, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm getting a six, seven, six, eight. Oh, I want to be a small forward. I get bigger in college. Oh, now I'm a power forward. Mm -hmm. I remember going overseas, PJ Carlissimo was my coach. I went over there during the year that the United States boycotted the Olympics. They took an all-star team over there and we were just playing against the Olympic team from other countries. And he had the audacity to start me at center over Randy Brewer because I was a better rebounder. I was bigger and stronger, more physical, so I did. So I played every position in basketball in my life, every position I played. And when I did put be put in that position, I said, okay, here's my responsibilities. So when I was trying to play point guard, what was my responsibility? facilitate, yeah. make everybody better, know all the plays, know all the positions. And when I have to go get my shot, I'll get my shot. But, I'm, but my most important thing is to get us into our offense, to be quote unquote a coach on the floor. When you're a two guard, you're a guy that's going to run off screens. You're going to come off picks. You're going to run the floor. Guys are going to try to get you open. 
you're going to take a lot of shots because you were designated to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And as a small forward, same thing. So if we want to look at Steph Curry and see who he plays like, he plays like a two guard. Like, I don't care how tall you are. If you're going to say just because you're 6'2", now you're going to go over and say you're a point guard, that's not how it goes. No, no, it's how you play. Like, somebody can name me a CEO of a company, but I can't go fire anybody. Well, I ain't the damn CEO then. Yep. I'm not the CEO. You have some companies that have like 20 vice presidents, but I guarantee you they all have a different job description. And so for me, when Steph says that, that he feels he's the greatest, I'm like, how can you say that with a straight face? And I love Steph Curry. Like, he's one of my favorite players ever. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I hate it on my radio show, Sirius XM NBA Radio, four to seven every day. I've been getting on in the last two days. And I don't like that because I love that kid. You know, he and Clay Thompson, two of my favorite players ever. But I mean, you can't get away with this one, man. Like, it's blasphemy. How dare you say that you're better than Magic Johnson? How dare you say that you're a better point guard than John Stockton? How dare you say you're a better point guard than Gary Payton? I dare you say you're a better point guard than Oscar Robertson. I dare you say you're a better point guard than Jason Kidd, Steve Nash. Oh, and by the way, you're not even a better point guard than the guy that's on your team right now, and that's CP3. Oh. He's not a better point guard. Okay. He's not. He's a great shooter. He. I'm not saying he's not a better player. He can be a better player in what he does, but you're not a better point guard. Because you don't play it. You play two guard slash point guard. Chris Paul, point guard slash nothing. Magic, point guard slash nothing. John Stockton, point guard slash nothing. You can say you're versatile. Say you may, maybe you're the most versatile 6'2 guy. Okay, but you're not the best. Magic is the best. He averaged 11.2 assists in his career. He went to the finals nine times out of 12 years. Two of those years, one, he was hurt, and two, to HIV. He's the best winner next to Bill Russell that we've seen. Okay? All right? Is he, Bill Russell, and LeBron? They've all gone to championships, to finals consistently in their career. To me, whether you win or you lose, you're getting to the dance at the end. You're fighting. You're always there. You're a winner. And, and for me, you can't do that. And so I, I didn't understand that with Steph. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't believe he went there. You know, it's blasphemy. Mm-hmm. That's, Magic Johnson is by far the best point guard ever. I will say this. Um, I, I don't know about blasphemy because I, I truly believe that, you know, Steph – has that confidence about him. <clears throat> in what, though? <clears throat> in his abilities. But, but he's not a point guard. But th- it doesn't matter. He's, his like, mo- the most he's, consistent he's averaged is six. He not, he, he's nowhere near. The, 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 he, his, he's so far down in assists. That's what a point guard does. because people, listen, people, again, this is the positionless talk you were talking about. People debate whether or not he's a point guard or a shooting guard. To me, he's a shooting guard. There's no debate. I think he's a shooting guard. Uh, he's Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. That's who he is. I, agreed. Agreed. But people want to put him in the point guard category. Why? Because he's six foot two. Why? Because sometimes he brings the ball up the court and people are so. Oh, who's their point guard? I'm, I'm t- who, who is Golden State's point guard? Draymond. Thank you. 
And that's what I Case think. Case closed. <laughs> it's not even closed. Case closed. I know. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Eddie. But what I'm saying is, is like, <clears throat> if people are going to put him in that category, then he's just going to take that and be like, okay, well, then I'm the greatest. But he's smarter than that. Mm-hmm. Steph's smarter than that. Steph is one of the most smartest, balanced players we've ever had in this league. He's smarter than that. I, I, his daddy, I'm telling you right now, his daddy is probably saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> Dale Curry. His daddy said, what is wrong with you? I don't think he is. I'm going to tell you something. I'm trying to get his daddy on the show, and if his daddy gets on my show and he says that he's the best point guard, I will obliterate him. And that's my boy. That's my boy. Come on, man. No, no, no. This positionless basketball is a joke, and it started with Tim Duncan. It started with Tim Duncan, and Popovich wasn't on board with it. It started with him. What do you mean, the power forward center debate? Yeah, because he never played freaking power forward. He rarely played it. Yeah. Rarely. Tim Duncan has always played center. At the end of his career, he was playing a lot of power forward. He, he would start with a big guy next to him, and the big guy wouldn't even damn play. I mean, in the third you, quarter, in the third you, quarter, why in the are you disrespecting Tiago Splitter like this? In the third quarter, <laughs> in the third freaking quarter from to the end of the game, he played center. Tim Duncan played center for most of his freaking career. They moved him over. They moved the goalposts and moved him over to power four because he had no chance to be at the top when it came to centers. No chance. But power forwards, he had a chance. And that's how they put him. But he did not play. He played way more center than he played power forward. See, I think that the positionless thing came about because because of LeBron. No. Because LeBron, people like to say, oh, well, LeBron's really the point. Well, he I'm was. Like, well, but he's also like he does he's everything. He's a better point guard than Curry. He does hey, everything. I don't even, I, and I didn't even bring LeBron into the argument. He's a better point guard than Curry. But he's not a point guard. He handles the ball. That's his description. Again, but not every single time down the court. So, are you kidding me? For the first I'm ten fucking, years, Eddie, I am fucking with you right well, now. Well, you're not okay? messing with me. <laughs> you're not messing with me. What you're doing is I'm totally kidding. You man. leading me to the water boy. <laughs> no, no, I'm not even. I'm not even paying attention to you. Okay. You're leading me to the water boys because they're thinking that, right? So, come on, man. He is nowhere near. He, Steph is nowhere near point guard. And he should run with that. I don't think that's a negative. It's not a negative. No, I don't think that's so six foot. And he's, he's bigger than six foot two. He's about six three. Borden near six four. Steph a lot taller than what people think he is. Okay? So, come on. I, I, man, I'm telling you, Gilbert Arenas has a nice podcast. Uh, he's polarizing. I love his It's body. always click. But here's the problem with Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas, Draymond Green. I hope you're listening. Please, I want both of y'all listening. (laughs) When you learned how to become a basketball player, what you did was you you worked on everything. You studied, okay? You listened to your coaches. That's what you did. Now you're in the media and you're shortcutting. Gilbert Arenas trying to cut off history. He's like, uh, I, you know, I think Steph, I think more kids uh, is really, uh, you know, in love with looking at Steph than I think kids were in looking at Magic. Oh, no, he, no, he no, said no, that. no, 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 no. Are you out of your freaking mind? Then he said, no. then he said, no. it's not that many six, eight point guards. And I destroyed him on my show. Straight up stoop. Do your homework, man. You remember Reggie Theus? Six foot eight point guard. Okay. 
Robert Reed played for the team. The Houston Rockets went to the finals with a king. Point guard. Huh? Dudley Bradley. Dennis Johnson. I mean, this league has always had tall point guards. If you do your history, Penny, you wouldn't know. Penny Hardaway, 6'8". What are you talking about? Like, they don't want to do their homework, man. They just don't. They just don't want to do their homework. It's just simply amazing to me to make statements like they do and then cut it off. Like, you know, I don't remember back then, but I know right now. No, fool, go do your homework, man. <laughs> Learn the NBA. Oh, man. Um, that was great. That was great. I like that. I like I like when EJ goes on rants. Uh, you should be checking out OGs. I have no good transition, so we're just going to jump right into it. You should be checking out OGs, the best edible in the game. Uh, check them out at your closest dispens- dispensary by going to OGsBrands.com. They have the fruits. They have the creams. Uh, they have the Happy Balance. They have the RSOs. They have the Sleepy Time gummies. Like They have everything that you need to have a, a nice, bountiful life. So there you go. Check them out at OGsBrands.com. Uh, and remember, you must be 21 and older to enjoy. Also, um, I, I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, well, how can we spin this and make it kind of sun-centric? Um, let's take Steve Nash completely out of the equation, okay? Because I think, I don't know, I would assume that you think that Steve Nash is the greatest point guard in Suns history. Well, but, well he's better than Steph at point guard. I, I, listen. I, I just I just had to add that in there. Stay on top. And he's close, he's close to a 50-40-90 guy for his career, I, just, without a I, doubt. So that's, that's without a doubt. I'm worked up. Don't worry okay, about it. Okay. Just move on. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to take Steve Nash out of this. Who do you believe is the, well, let's just say, the second greatest point guard of all time in Suns history? Because you named off about three or four of them, and I, I think I'm about to put you to the test because I don't think you're going to name any one of the ones you just mentioned. But who knows? We'll see. To me, Kevin Johnson is. There you go. So, I mean, like, but I'm partial <laughs> because, you know, look, I averaged 22 points a game playing with that dude in 28 minutes. He made life easy for me. So, and I played with some great point guards. And I think that's why I take this personal. Mm-hmm. Think about it in my history. KJ? No, no, no. It goes back further than that. I played with Reggie Theus. I don't know if you remember Larry Drew. Was okay. a tremendous okay. young point guard. Okay. So then I played with KJ. Right. I played with Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. All right, I go to Charlotte, play with Muggsy Bowles. I mean, like I play with tremendous point guards. What, about, what about Houston? Houston, we we had Matt Maloney, young rookie. <laughs> yeah, I remember but, that. But you know, Matt Matt uh, Matt gave me the gave me the pass when oh, he knocked true, that he shot did. down. So that's shout right. out to Matt Maloney uh, in that regard. But man, and Clyde Drexler obviously would bring the ball up a lot, and Clyde played a lot of point guard in his career as well. So, but he wouldn't call himself a point guard. Yeah, I mean, Clyde Drexler might have had more triple double than uh, Steph Curry. <laughs> All right, okay. so that as Michael Jordan said, right? I mean, the triple double kind of epitomizes a point guard, right? Mm-hmm. Remember Fat Lafayette, Fat oh, yeah. Lever? Lever, yeah. I mean, Fat Two Lever. Two sons Yeah, Fat Lever, a point. That that's to me, and you know, so yeah. Okay. Tons of point guards, man. That's yeah. why I say, Steph, stay in your category, man. You a, you a slash two guard, point guard, mostly two guard, and one of the best two guards in the history of the game. That, that's just how I look at it. So for me, it comes down to KJ, Jason Kidd, and CP3. Um, 
I, I'm going to give, personally, I'm going to give the nod to Kevin Johnson just because I... Longevity, I, I, too. I, well, yeah, and, and, I, and I actually, he was, he was my first, like, son's love, if you will. Like, he was my favorite player on that team. Sorry, Eddie. Um, and I liked watching him play, and he was explosive. And when he was on, he was as good as any player in the league. Um, and I think he's all that, of famer, that, that, that was awesome. I mean, see, that's no his injury. He, he'd definitely be, yeah. yeah. But he's all of famer anyway. There's no disrespect, and that's no disrespect to Jason Kidd or CP3. They did, they had tremendous careers, obviously, and uh, their time in Phoenix was, was valued. But um, I just felt like Kevin Johnson um, was just special to me. Like, yeah. that's just what it is. But that's a personal bias. Yeah. And don't like, forget Penny Hardaway. Yeah, but like, the problem with Penny was is that, he, I mean, the injury, you could see the no, injury. No, I'm just saying just in regards to you just knew how good he was yeah. and the injuries did him in, but it wasn't your, his ability. Is it him or Grant Hill that's the biggest what if? No, it's it's both of them. They're both equal. I think they both would, you know, obviously Grant got in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but, you know, I, I think they're both equal. Penny was phenomenal. Penny was unbelievable, man. man. Was but Grant awesome. was unbelievable. If you remember, man, Grant's first two years in Detroit, man, this dude was flirting with triple doubles every night. Every night. And running. Like, Grant runs. Like, that's why he and Steve Nash got along, man, because Grant could just run all day. Even later in his career, obviously, with the Suns. I mean, Grant was one of the fastest players in the league still. Just didn't jump as high as he used to. Yeah. So, no, he and Penny, man, this injuries did them in. But you guess what? They fought, unlike the guys today, give up, low manage, you know, they can't play. Those two dudes, despite their injuries, they tried to get on the court every day, despite their injuries. Penny Hardaway's playing on one leg, man. Grant playing on a bad foot, but you didn't see them complaining. They tried to show up and play. And so that's why you respect them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, I, listen, I, I, Penny Hardaway to me is the, the always, always the biggest what if. Um, yeah, well, next Greg to, Oden too. Next to Len Bias, but Len Bias is for what different about Greg reasons, Oden? obviously. So, uh, Greg Oden, yeah, but at least, but the problem is, is that we never got to see Greg Greg Oden like really perform in the NBA at at like like 100% healthy. He was hurt from day one. Yeah. Whereas with Penny, we got we got glimpses of Penny for the first couple of, of years. Of and he was clearly, like yeah. we talk about tall pulling guards and Magic Johnson, Penny Hardaway was as close to Magic Johnson at that moment as anybody else had been coming into the league after Magic Johnson. Yeah. He had the passing. He had the phenomenal skills. He had the moves that would just make you jump back and be like, oh, my gosh, wh what? You know, like He was just such a fun player to watch, and, and Grant Hill, too. But um, So, yeah, like, I just I wanted to get your opinion on that. So uh, before we wrap up the day, we got a couple things. First of all, today is 824, Eddie. And that means it's Kobe Bryant Day, um, and I wanted to I wanted to to take us back a little bit uh, about I want to say about 12, 13 years ago, uh, the one the only Kobe Bryant showed up to the Drew League and balled out, and uh, and this is him going up against uh, it's a tie game, and uh, and James Harden is guarding him, so you know Kobe's going to score, um, <laughs> and I listen I just. Kobe Bryant is one of those dudes that just he's always forever going to be a legend game winner right there. Uh, he was just a tremendous basketball player. Um, and I really, really loved what he was doing, um, what he was doing after his career and how he was starting to build um, just kind of a following post basketball. 
Um, and that was like, honestly, that was probably my favorite part is watching Kobe kind of going through that. Uh, what is your favorite memory of Kobe Bryant? My favorite is the interaction I had with him uh, as a young player. You know, I was at the end of my career uh, getting garbage time. And then he was at the beginning. And uh, Dale Harris was the coach of the Lakers. And I remember Dale was just taking him through the ringer, wasn't playing him much. And, you know, just getting garbage time. I remember just the look he had on his face. We were down at the other end of the court, just he and I, somebody's at the free throw line. And I asked him, I said, how you doing? And he looked at me, he said, man, I'm struggling. And I'm like, what's up? He said, man, this dude just, uh, he doesn't, not playing me right, you know? It's just, I just remember looking at him and saying, man, you're gonna be fine. Just be patient. You're gonna be fine. And he and I didn't have much interaction after that because we played against each other a couple more years. But I just remember that. And then to see how he blossomed, to see the maniacal, like, I mean, straightforwardness that this guy embodied, it just, it was amazing to me. And I heard so many stories coming out of LA in regards to him not going out with guys and, and him just in the gym, him in the hotel watching film and first person in the practice, last one to leave. He had to take the key from him sometimes because he was just in the gym all the time. And just then watching how he played, yeah, he's sorely missed, man. It's just so unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always look for reasons why, you know, and, you know, I look at it as if Kobe was at the end, even then he was just being him. He wanted to get to a gym, whatever fast way he could, and obviously feeling that it was safe and it took his life. Yeah. And so – you know, it's just it's 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 his birthday the other day, and and now you know eight twenty four, uh, he'll never be forgotten. Uh, and it's unfortunate he's mentioned in these top ten lists, and like, but to me, when I look at a top ten, he actually is not in my top ten. And I know people get on me about that, but uh, I just feel like you know he's not in my top ten. Mm. You know, I have ten players that are, and and some people out there like that. Some people believe he's the best ever. And that's fine. The, the most important thing is that he's remembered. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he was one of the smartest player that I've ever encountered in the history of this game. I He's definitely in my top 10. Um, I think he's the second greatest Laker of all time. Um, and I just, I just, I've always felt like I, you have, you don't see guys that have a work ethic like, like Kobe every day. You just don't, you, you absolutely just don't. And so, and then the work ethic again. I think it it it, it transferred from mm-hmm. basketball to other endeavors in his life. Hell, he won an Oscar um, for for a video that a documentary video that they did, um, and like he put in a lot of work. And he also like I love players that respect the game, mm-hmm. and they respect the game. Not just listen. It wasn't just the NBA. It was also the WNBA. Mm-hmm. It was also college basketball and women's college basketball. Like. He embraced everything about the game um, that makes it beautiful and why we love it. And that's why I think Kobe Bryant, when he passed, um, it hit it hit hard. I wasn't the biggest Kobe Bryant fan uh, of in, in my life, but I did love what I was seeing after after his career and how he would visit like the UConn women's basketball team, or he oh. would he would go over here to this clinic, or he would do this, or he would show always this guy. This, to teach. You know what I mean? Always wanting to be a mentor yeah. to so many people and. 
and the impact that he had on this younger generation of, of, of athletes that are now coming up that had the opportunity to meet him at one point, like Devin Booker, yeah. who who were just they they just soaked his knowledge in um so when he passed it was like dude it, it probably hit me harder it still hits me to this day like and i didn't i wasn't even a, a kobe fan uh per se so you know it is unfortunate but i do think on a day like this on 824 it's it's mamba day um that you know we we take the time to enjoy yes. some of the the great things that he did in uh, while he was alive so so there's that but also there's another great opportunity um, to give back uh, to the community. And uh, Eddie, you got some more on that. Yeah, it's my, uh, I think it's my ninth annual. It's gone so many times. Uh, Eddie Johnson Celebrity Events. Uh, my t-shirt says it right here. Uh, and we raise money for single moms uh, in the in the Arizona area. Uh, and we've been doing it consistently. We send them to school. Uh, we help them with babysitting. If we could provide a car, we will. Uh, we help them in every entity of life that we can to keep them focused on getting their degree. We put a lot of moms through college, uh, thousands of moms. Uh, over the last number of years that I've been involved, uh, we've raised over $1.5 million. Uh, and it culminates every year through all the things that we do during the year uh, we have a, basically a great weekend. Uh, it's a celebration. Uh, it starts October the 12th uh, with our poker tournament at Talking Stick uh, Casino uh, Resort. And we have a poker tournament there, uh, a tremendous opportunity to go there, mingle with celebrities, put them out of the tournament, one. Two, then we have our golf tournament on the 13th. Uh, and that's uh, at Talking Stick Golf Course as well. Uh, it's selling out quickly. So if you want to get yourself involved, you want to get your foursome in as soon as you can. Then to top off our event is we have a roast and Tom Chambers, uh, ex-Phoenix Suns, great, is going to be the roastee. Ooh. And Ooh. Uh, so that should Ooh. be a great night. Uh, have to show up our events one. normally sell out, so you can't be a procrastinator. You have to go ahead and get your tickets. You, you see the flyer uh, on the flyer. If you can just the, the the QR code on there, you can just basically put your phone and get it. I don't know if you can do it here on the thing. But yeah, you can. You absolutely can. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to hit that QR code, uh, Jacob is going to pull it up one more time, yeah. right here. And so hit that QR code right there and you can get all the information you need to sign up for any one of those three events um, and, and go at it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's a great event, man. It's a whole weekend and uh, we have a great time uh, and uh, hope all you all can come out and, and enjoy it. Uh, it's going to be tremendous. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing that, Eddie. I know that that means a lot to you. Yep. Uh, you mean a lot to us. So there you go. Uh, we appreciate you all joining us on another episode of Outside Shots. As always, you can follow my guy uh, on, at JumpShot8 on Twitter. Um, and you can also listen to his show every day here locally from 1 to 4 uh, until it daylight savings hits then it changes from two to five but uh every day on serious satellite nba uh, serious satellite radio nba today today four to seven eastern time one to four phoenix time so check been, it out today i'm gonna be on fire i got sam mitchell ex nba coach ex nba player my co-host today dj's hosting and uh, it should be a great show. All right. There you go. You can follow me on Twitter at Saul underscore Bookman. 
Uh, and you can always follow what's going on with the show at phnx underscore sons. Until next time, folks, stay happy.